You are listening to Bear in Mind, the University of Northern Colorado's official podcast. Join us each episode as we listen to the voices from UNC faculty, staff, students, and alumni as they offer insights of local or national importance. This is your host, Dannon Cox, bringing you just a taste of UNC. One does not simply watch the Lord of the Rings or Hobbit trilogies without recognizing the beautifully scored music composed by Howard Shore. On this episode of Bear in Mind, we talk with Dr. Janice Dickensheets, Assistant Professor in Music History and Literature, to discuss the finer details behind the music all of the way from Middle Earth. I'll let Dr. Dickensheets take it from here. So I uh, first got interested in music history as a graduate student. I had nothing as an undergrad. I have a Bachelor of Arts uh, instead of a Bachelor of Music, and music history was just not a required element of that. And as I started my master's degree, I began to become very fascinated by this idea of history, and especially music's position within culture and trying to understand the way that music impacted the cultures of their time as well as as the way it impacts our own culture and it, uh, this was in the late 80s that I started coming to this when I came back from my master's and about that time there was research happening that was focused directly on that it was the idea of something we now call stylistic analysis looking at music at different types of music that elicit an emotional response from an audience that is basically a, a subliminal emotional response. It's a, it's a response we're conditioned to hear that because we hear it so often and so certain types of music will make us feel certain things. And this is something that, by the way, the film, film composers have known for years and they're using these same types of styles to manipulate their audiences um, in much the same way that uh, 18th and 19th century composers did with their own audiences. And so this idea of stylistic analysis came about to codify and to study all of these different styles, what they meant to an 18th century audience, what it meant to a 19th century audience, what it means to a current audience. And this, this got me very interested in working with music from that period, and so my specialty um, field is in part 19th century music and study of styles within that. So when I began to teach styles, uh, and I taught them both to my freshman music majors as well as to my non-majors in music appreciation classes, I began to use film music to illustrate the styles and begin with the styles that we all hear in film, what does this mean to us and how does it work with the film, and then going backwards into the 18th and 19th centuries to show that it meant exactly the same thing to a large degree, which began, of course, to open the doors to my looking at film music. And then by the end of the night, by the time we get into the, the late 90s, um, my passions began to collide as the, the Lord of the Rings films were released. I began, I came to the, the Lord of the Rings series in my 20s. My husband uh, gave me the books to read, said you gotta read these, and I liked them. I reread them before the films came out, and it was at that point that my addiction began. And I have not put them down since, and I've become, quite frankly, a Middle-earth addict, which I think happens to a lot of people. But as I was um, listening to the films, and it began to realize what was happening and, and what a wealth of styles are being used in the scores, I began to focus on Howard Shore's scores for originally the first three films, and studying his use of 18th and 19th, mostly 19th century musical styles 
to provide f- an additional depth to each of the races. So Tolkien has already given a tremendous amount of backstory, including languages and back history and cultural history to every single one of the races of Middle-earth. And this was something incredibly important to Tolkien. What Howard Shore was able to do was add to that musical layers that create basically a musical culture, a musical backstory. And he also uses it to link the different cultures together. So for instance, two of the main um, races are the men of Rohan and the men of Gondor. And there are, there is a style called chivalric style, which is a style that is reminiscent of the, basically would bring to mind the, the Middle Ages, the knights in shining armor, Arthurian legends, and so forth. It's a style developed in the 19th century. And this style is used by Shore to link Rohan and Gondor. It's only a part of their themes. Uh, it doesn't show up in any of the other themes within Middle-earth. It's just specifically those two races. Um, the Rohan theme has some other components to it. It is um, because the Rohan have been described as Vikings on horseback. That's kind of where the films went. And they began to give them this very Nordic character. And so what Shore did was turn to Northern uh, European Scandinavian musical um, scale patterns called modes, as well as the use of the Norwegian Hardingfella, which is Norway's national instrument. Not to, not to make the music sound like Norwegian folk music, but to, make, to give that feeling of their own specific race and something that connected with this idea of a Viking-esque culture. For Gondor, he takes them back to an archaic style of sort of old choral music, and he pairs that with a, that same style is used with the Rivendell elves to show their connection, to make them a little bit more ancient race. The Gondorians have been around a lot longer than the Rohan. They're one of the early races of men, and so this takes them a little bit back, gives them a little bit deeper history. Both Gondor and Rohan share the heroic style because they're part of the races that are fighting for good, as are the dwarves, as are the elves, as are the hobbits. All of them get this heroic piece. And then many of these races will get an underscoring of Tempest style because they're in battle all of the time. Um, there's a couple of other things that Shore does to link his characters. So all of the elves share fairy music. They're the only ones that get fairy music. But the Rivendell elves keep this connection to Gondor and this sort of choral style of music. Mm-hmm. 
whereas the Lothlorien elves are a little bit more removed and a little bit more ancient. So they get chant, which is older, and they are paired with um, Middle Eastern music to sort of remove them from the realm of, of the rest of Middle Earth because they're isolated. Likewise, um, the, uh, the woodland elves get the same thing. They get a, a little bit further removed, but then their music has a little bit of an edge to it, a little bit of danger. So Shore is able to basically to do this with all of the races to, to sort of lend this kind of interconnectivity, but also depth of, um, of culture to each one of them. The evil, of course, in Little Earth is all uh, indicated by demonic music and generally has chant associated with it to show how, um, how ancient it is. So it's paired there, connected to the elves in that it's ancient, has been around a long time, but it is the opposite. They're both supernatural too, uh, incidentally. Fairy music and demonic are supernatural um, styles, so both of them are going to be linked to immortality, in our, and we're already going to associate with them with that. The music department has a lot of classes for non-majors in the LAC realm. We have um, we have history of rock and roll class, which is hugely popular. I teach a music uh, music cultures of the world class. We also have a history of jazz class. Um, we have music 204. I can't remember what the title is, but it's basically um, an introduction to the theory side of music. And then I teach I teach one of the sessions of introduction to music. And if you take my introduction to music class, uh, music 140, and you take my section, I do do one day on Lord of the Rings talking about this in detail. So you can take the class and come hear that.